0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Elevate Coaching Podcast with myself, Laura. And today we are joined by Emily, the mind medic. But before I get into telling you everything about Emily, I just want to give you a real quick heads up. If you've seen on my Instagram, you would have seen that I am preparing to run a webinar helping you become bulletproof in mind, body and business at the end of November. Now I am in the preparation stage of that. So the final details will be released. But as always, if you want to be the first to know, you need to be on my email list. So pause the episode here, head to the show description, click the link, sign up to my emails, come back here, tune back in. You're probably going to want a pen and paper and and jot some notes down because I know that there's going to be a ton of value That you're going to take away from this episode but the reason i really wanted to have emily on the podcast was because i followed her for a while and i just resonated with so much of her content and her own personal journey if you're an og around here you will know that i value health mental well-being our our emotional well-being and, and doing a lot of that deep healing and that's really the foundation of Every bit of success we then build in life, whether that's in your personal life, in business, in you know, y- your family, relationships, whatever that looks like to you, it all stems from having a sound mental well-being. Um, and I think you're gonna resonate with a lot of what Emily's gonna share today, because back in 2020, she was accidentally administered the COVID vaccine in to her bone in her shoulder, which actually caused her to lose feeling in her arm for three months. And I think we'll relate to that for different reasons, whether that's you've been out of action from having surgery, uh, an injury, you've become ill. I know I can relate to that for for different reasons. So I want to cover the mindset behind getting through a challenging time like that and the emotional resilience that's required. But then also that was the catalyst for a lot of change in Emily's life. The reason why she actually started her business. And I'm going to let her explain more of this to us today. Um, Emily is a high performer herself. She works with high performing women. So she's going to relate to all of us because most of our listeners are going to be business owners or in leadership roles. Or maybe they've got a side business at the moment that they're turning into their full time gig. So that's enough of me talking I'm going to introduce you all to Emily now um, and Emily I think it would be really awesome to actually just start with what happened when you lost that sensation in your arm like, I can't even imagine what must have been going through your mind that must have been really scary
1: yes so thank you for that introduction because I know that I was actually following you and it's funny when you find someone who has very similar values how you just thought like you know authentically just start talking as well so I'm very grateful to be here but um, yeah, back in 2020, it was kind of a whirlwind for everyone, I think. I don't think anybody saw March of 2020 hitting us the way that it did. Um, but I was nursing at the time and there wasn't really a a an option on the whole vaccine situation. And now, you know, I'm not coming in here to anti vax or anything, but you know, at the time it was kind of a case of you go this day, you know, it's a mass clinic kind of situation and you just had to do it because you were looking after people and it was your responsibility. So, you know, nursing was very scary um, at the time. And I didn't really know what I was doing if I'm going to be dead honest about it you know one type of nursing the week before COVID hit I was working with kids uh, with complex needs with the likes of aut- autism ADHD and intellectual disabilities and then the week after I was in a house with nine women who had COVID and I didn't know what COVID was until two days previous so you know it was kind of one of those situations where you're just bombarded with new information anyway Um, but then you know I got the the message to go for my first vaccine, that went okay, but then it was the second vaccine um, that kind of really just took everything from me really. Um, mm-hmm. So I was already quite burnt out at this stage. Uh, and I really do think that everything happens for a reason. I know it's a complete cliche, uh, but I really think everything does because I was struggling big time at work. I, I was, you know, completely burnt out. Working in the HC here in Ireland in the healthcare system is tough going. And any, you know, people who are in healthcare will resonate with anything that I'm saying right now you will constantly be burned out you're looking after everyone before you're looking after yourself and it's tough going you know uh so I was kind of at that breaking point where I was after trying to figure out what COVID was I was inside in this unit where there was nine women who relied on me I was like 24, 25 and I was in charge of everyone. So I was in charge of all the staff and I was in charge of all the patients who were getting really, really sick. Um, I had to resuscitate a couple of people. It was terrifying. Like I genuinely was just like, this is completely different what i know as a nurse you know so i was trying to learn all my new ways but you know the amount of like mini traumas that came with that the amount of reevaluating what the hell i was doing that came Mm -hmm. with that um it was a lot and i wasn't processing any of it because what i was doing was coming home basically like having like a mini cry (laughs) disassociating and watching netflix yeah (laughs) and that's kind of you know that was my coping at the time because i didn't really have the capacity to do anything else and like i was studying therapy at the time i now you know to be fair like you, you can bite off a bit more than you can chew as well you know you can calm down a bit and go back to college as well at the same time but look high performers here we are so you know I was studying at the time and it was very intense but obviously like to become a therapist you have to go through your own therapy journey Um, and I was intensely doing that finding out about my own belief system finding out about my own um stuff that I was carrying around for a very long time and I actually at the same time was like you know what now that I'm in the self-development let's go all in so I actually got myself a coach as well at the time and she was very good and you know we we worked well together and I was also getting therapy so it was like this influx (laughs) of kind of self-development self-discovery um and then it it, like I was kind of in a good place and then the the second vaccine hit so I was actually probably the fittest I've ever been Mm -hmm. um because I quite like fitness myself um I think it's a huge uh, motivator in our mood I think it's a huge motivator in ourselves our confidence and things like that and I was doing really well and then the the amount of pain in the second vaccine it went into my shoulder bone I was like I thought I was such a wimp genuinely when she put it in I was like oh my god I can't even handle the vaccine this is terrible I was oh, like making me what is me going on? yeah I was like oh oh and then she was kind of looking at me and I was like um I think something's wrong and she was like you like the eyes kind of went off. It's like the drama out of this one here. And I was like, OK, I'm just going to go. And I left, got into the car and I was like, God, that's so painful. Um, and I was driving, obviously. So I drove myself to my vaccine. And I drove straight to my sister's house where I was actually due to babysit. So I was babysitting for a little while and I was like, oh yeah, no, my arms are really sore. I was like, God, this is a really adverse side effect to this vaccine. So when my sister came back then, she's like, why didn't you tell me? Like, I was like, no, it's fine, it's absolutely fine. I'm okay, it's totally okay. And then my sister did what she knows best and was like, let's just get a bottle of wine or something because there's a lot going on here. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I was like, I'll drive. So I got into the car and I crashed my car because I obviously couldn't use my arm um, and my arm just completely went and wow. I crashed my car into a porch and I, <laughs> like burst my tire or whatever. So it was um, very dramatic. Now, also, give in, Emily, like your, your arm's sore. So I'm trying to like,
0: drive the car, but look, here we are. Um, how far were you? You were going to lose. You didn't know you were going to lose feeling in it. You were just thinking, oh, my No, sore. like yeah. yeah, and like
1: because as well, like all the professionals were telling me, oh, it's just an adverse side effect. You're fine, you know yeah. that happens. Everyone's having sore arms, and I was like, "God, I'm I'm a wimp." Like the, this soreness is very sore, yeah. um. So that was kind of obviously. Then at that stage, my partner had to come in and collect me and be like, "What's going on?" So went back in, then had to go into the doctor, and he was like, "No, you shouldn't be in this much pain." So he sent me for an MRI, and um, I went and got it, and that's the first time then. So my I lit up like a Christmas tree on the MRI, where it was just completely is the only word for it so they could see the little like fluid inside in the bone um, and all the muscles around it were completely inflamed so I was like oh right okay so that's what's happening um so that kind of started this the not being able to use my arm at all so they didn't know what to do because obviously this wasn't something that happened regularly so they put me in a sling which actually made it worse um because what it did was actually stiffened up the joint and the joint actually needed to be moved um but they didn't know nor did i know i was like okay you give me a sling i'll put on a sling. but it made it worse um and then as a result it actually prolonged my recovery time so i was totally fit totally active loving my life and then i went to not even being able to you know chop an onion for my dinner so oh, no. it was really difficult you know like i was at home completely reliant on my partner now he was amazing through the whole thing and it it really speaks to the the importance of a support system but you know I was just standing in the kitchen some days being like I just want to make myself dinner I don't want anyone else to make me dinner I don't like, I just want to make whatever I want. You know, I want to go for a walk. I want to go for a jog. I love running. So I was like, I want to go for a run. And they, like all the doctors were like, absolutely no running, absolutely no weightlifting. You know, you just, you cannot do it. And I was like, right. Okay. Uh, So I was completely out of action. The only thing that I could do was kind of walk, but even walking really hurt. There was a lot of pain in it. So it was three months of complete inactivity. But in that moment, you know, about a month in, I was like, OK, so Emily, you're going to keep getting up here now and you're going to be absolutely miserable about it. And now obviously my therapy and coaching helps with this, but you're going to be absolutely miserable about it or you're going to focus on what you actually can do. You still have two legs and a voice and other things that you you have another arm as well. Like, you know, so what can you do? Because I was focused so much on the can'ts. I was just like, look at my arm. I can't weightlift. lift. I can't run. I can't chop an onion, yeah. <laughs> you know, and all I was thinking about then as a result was the can'ts and I was getting really negative about it. I was in a really negative place. And, you know, then about a month in, I was like, no, I can't live like this anymore because I'm actually quite a positive person, believe it or not. So I was like, you know, I, I need to get out of this kind of funk that I'm in. So I started being like, okay, what can I do? And I was like, I'm really focusing on my own self-development so I can really focus on that. Like I can actually sit with myself, get to know myself, understand myself better, understand like the physical sensations in my body, understand how my mind works, assess my thoughts, write them all down. I have my writing hand, thankfully, my dominant hand was still (laughs) okay. So I was like, I can write all this stuff down and like do a proper intervention on myself. So I was at work at this stage, And um, I was at home, by God, if anyone saw me, they probably would have locked me up with the amount of weird things that I was doing at home by myself. Whereas just sitting there, you know, being like, okay, what's that mean? And just lying on the floor or, you know, being up in my room, trying to take some time for myself, trying to understand why I feel this way. Why is that thought in my head? What's going on there? And, you know, delving really deep into stuff. And obviously that brings up all kinds of things, all Mm -hmm. kinds of emotions, all kinds of past things as well. And I was dealing with all that. And it was the best thing that I've ever done in my life. You know, I sat there and I got to know myself better than I ever would have if I didn't have to make myself get to know myself. So, yeah. you know, I was doing the therapy journey. I was doing the self-development journey with a coach. But there was no time where I actually had to do a hard stop. Fair now, you know, mm-hmm. so I did a lot of meditation. I did a lot of just being still um, and understanding what was coming up when I was still. Because I, I think every high performer who might be listening knows we don't like been still so I was kind of you know rattling at the beginning and then it came to a stage where I was able to nearly empty my mind be completely still for minutes on end and be content with it you know so I was like there's something to this guys (laughs) there's something in this so you know I was after unleashing so much about myself so in therapy we were after going into like my belief system a little bit and doing one or two of my beliefs and I was like well I've seen what he's done there now with me I'm going to do the rest of it. So I just started deep diving into all of the biases that I might have all of the, why I think the way I do, you know, Mm -hmm. why I might've done certain things in my life and all that kind of stuff. And the amount of knowledge I know about myself now, it's just so empowering because I was able to, first of all, you know, understand maybe the problematic behaviors that I was engaging in, understand the good behaviors, play to my strengths and not my weaknesses as well. And also share that with my partner where I was having these really open conversations which we would never have had we would never have sat down being like I'm feeling this in my body here this is why this is what's happened for me today can you show up for me a little bit more tomorrow can I show up for you a little bit more the day after that kind of thing and you know it really opened our relationship even further then because he was like oh because he was a boy and he Mm -hmm. was like Oh, God, emotions, this is really terrifying. Please shut up. And then after a while, he was like, No, I totally get where you're coming from. You know, so it was kind of a situation where it's such a learning curve for both of us. Mm -hmm. And then, kind of in around month four of having to be still, and I was still totally taken away from exercise. So I was having a little bit of a body image kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. conflict with myself as well. um, Because, you know, sometimes, regardless of whether you're body positive, body confident, or whatever if you put on a certain amount of weight you're still going to be wanting to go back to where your kind of baseline is and where you're happy and that's okay too so I was kind of like I just want to move I want to be moving Mm -hmm. but I couldn't so I was completely off that um which was having an impact and I was like oh these thoughts are really coming in now and I wonder how much of my worth I put around my my image and that I went knee deep into that then you know so then by month four I was like fuck it Look at this novel basically I'm after journaling out for myself in the last couple of months (laughs) and none of it is positive about where I have been working or, you know, the job that I was in or going back to that, you know, and the burnout was real and coming out of that burnout was so difficult. My body was, it did not know what was going on when I stopped because it was never after stopping since I was born, I'd say it hadn't had a hard stop. It hadn't just sat uh, so there was a lot of things just floating out of me and when that did come out I was starting to heal you know so I was yeah. I was healing and I was coming into my actual self and then I was like oh okay so now that I actually know what my values are now that I actually know what my beliefs are now that I know what I actually stand for as a person you know how does that align with what I'm doing and then I started look at all my behaviors which includes our jobs which is a huge part of it you know so I was like Oh, Jesus, yeah, no, it's not aligned at all. Like, you know, the, the work that I'm doing in nursing is aligned. Caring for people is the only thing that's aligned. But the rest of it isn't. The hard work, the 14 hours, the mm-hmm. crying when you come home, the not being able to help, not having enough resources, you know, all of that stuff was not aligned. Um, So I sat down and as all good things are made sat down with my sister again had a glass of wine (laughs) and talked about you know what could you know what could we do and you know she's a very positive person same as myself and we've always been kind of taught in a way to never fear anything just kind of go for it Mm -hmm. um but life had taught me different so I was like you know I, I I'm very fearful to do this like I'm very fearful to step out and she was like Worst comes to worse, the healthcare will take you back. They're fucked. <laughs> so I was like, that's very true. You know what? You're dead right. So she actually, I, I know maybe um, you would know definitely, but other people might have a look afterwards, but she actually designed my logo because we were sitting, having our bottle of wine with each other, talking about what this would look like. And she was so supportive and she's very creative herself. So we started, I was like, I know what I'd want it to look like. I know what I'd want to call it. And we started drawing it out. So I still have the first drawing from when we just sat down really yeah. organically just coming up with this idea. And I was like, I want to help people. I want people to have the tools that I just gave myself the last couple of months and the tools that I got from my therapist, the tools that I got from my coach, the tools that we should just have as human beings in order to know how to look after ourselves. And, you know, there's so many things we know as therapists that are just I'm like why first of all obviously this is another conversation but why isn't this taught in schools and second of all why are we like why am I gatekeeping on that information because I I remember saying to my my lead therapist at the time the lecture being like why why did I do a course to study all this don't get me wrong I really do want to be a therapist but why do we gatekeep all this stuff this is basic knowledge of your brain works like and he was like I know it's just not something that people know and then that was my mission I was like okay all the stuff that I know now I'm going to get it out there I'm mm-hmm. going to throw it out in any way that I can and that's where the business came from then and it would never have happened unless my shoulder completely collapsed and I couldn't do anything because when that hard stop happened, you have to get to know yourself yeah. you have to get to know the ugly bits and you have to get rid of the ugly bits if they're not serving you. so
0: yeah. yeah that's the arm story God, I resonate with so much of that because I, as awful as COVID was for a lot of people for me it was a time like you where I done all my healing I you know we couldn't do anything else <laughs> and I was in intense therapy following like my mental breakdown like my um, listeners that have been here for a long time will know that I was in an abusive relationship and forced to go through like with a determination and ultimately I did decide that that was the right thing to do so it was my decision in the end But it didn't take away from the pain and the loss and the grief that I I felt through that. And like you, I was like, right, I'm not going back to my old way of living anymore because that was hell. That got me where I was and I don't want to be there anymore. And I got my journal out and I was like, right, what do I care about? What's important? What skills do I have? Um, And yeah, I was like, I need to help other people do this. And that's how my coaching was birthed as well so how do you so how do you I know that you said that you were able to see the good in that but and I was as well like like you I was in a lot of therapy so I was lucky to have that support system that guided me but I'm sure there's probably going to be listeners out there that aren't in therapy maybe it's not something that's crossed their mind maybe they don't think they need therapy and um, mm-hmm. everyone needs therapy and it's not a bad thing me too. <laughs> but what can, what advice do you have for someone that might be like in a similar situation and they just can't see the light in it? Because I believe things happen for us, not to us. Mm,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: Like everything that happened, I am really
1: glad it happened, you know, like, and I know that that's like, Jesus, I can sound like those really toxic positive people who are just like, everything is amazing and everything. It wasn't like it was really hard, but it gave me the time. To actually heal, because I think sometimes, you know, especially with the way that the world is is at the moment, we think that we can either trick ourselves or trick things into being an easy, quick hack. And, you know, that we can be like, oh, you know, and a uh, thing I see a lot of the time is intellectualizing ourselves out of our own feelings, you know, so we're like, I know what it is, I'm angry like yeah okay you still have to feel it you yeah. know and you have to go through the cycle of the emotion in order to get to the end of it you know so a lot of the time we'll name it and we'll be like I'm done now and you're, no you're not <laughs> you know you haven't felt that for what it is and you know really allowed it the space that it needs and it's until you give it though that space and be like oh god that really affected me and leave it have its time and like not all emotions will have the same amount of time because obviously there's massive traumas that we go through that need a lot more time in order to heal from there's it's, it's like wounds like you know you can have mm. a little bit of a scratch or you can have a deep wound that might need a little bit of surgery you know and with the the things that are a bit deeper you do need to have a bit of support with it you know and like I found at the time you know it was it was a case where I did have people who were very supportive of me and I I do believe in a good support system yeah um because I do think it, it impacts and like having the coach and having the therapist was was good because The first thing that I think if you are like someone who's maybe back where I was in 2020, is you need to change your inner narrative you know because likely if you're struggling it's because your inner narrative is a bit of a ticket mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're being mean to you so you're sitting down with your thoughts in the evening and it's an awful place to be and you're just being cruel to yourself and being horrible to yourself and then as a result you know you're feeling horrible and you're getting up, and you just don't feel like you have the energy to do anything of course you don't you know it's, your mind is not a nice place to be so the therapists that i had at the time and the coach i had at the time did that kind of what I suppose would be intense self-compassion and it's something that I'm really a stand of. I know you are the the same, Mm. you know, where it's kind of, okay, we cannot begin to try and achieve anything. If we are the ones pulling ourselves back from it, so you know it's it's a case where if you are in that position that I was in, then to sit down and be like, "What does my narrative actually sound like?" And if somebody else was telling me what I'm telling myself in my head, would I actually get anything done ever because if you are being your own barrier and if you're being the one person who's getting you down, that's the first thing that needs to change you know, and if you can do it on your own, if you can you know change that narrative and be really self compassionate and learn compassion. And that's why I can look back with a a lovely lens, because Mm -hmm. it's a compassionate lens where I look back and I look for the good now as opposed to looking for the negative. Because first month Emily of the the arm injury just looked at the negative. She was, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm never going to be able to do anything again. Really definitive, you know, this has ruined everything for me. I'm going to put on loads of weight. I'm going to be completely destitute. I'm going to lose my job. All these kind of things are going on in my head, you know, and like it it had to be a little bit of a choice to to make a change in that yeah. but I did need someone to help me because I was being so horrible to myself that I needed someone to pull me out of that horrible cycle so you know if you can and if you are in the awareness enough to understand that your inner narrative is awful that's the first place that you need to start and I would really be even clients that come to me in therapy I know clients that do coaching Oftentimes it's the first place that you need to go to mm-hmm. because you're gonna be the one, like you I'm i I'm a therapist, you're a coach. We're not gonna be standing next to you to try and make the good choices. You have to make them when yeah. you're there on your own with your thoughts. And if your thoughts
0: are like you can't do it, you're a piece of shit, then and you, you know you're never going to be able to do it and you believe what you think like if you believe that you're yep. a piece of shit then you're going to be a piece of shit because your actions mm-hmm. will align with your your thoughts and this is like where I love manifestation and I you know I love all of the like these visualization techniques but I love them because oh, they're not woo-woo people think they're woo-woo but there's so much neuroscience behind it and when you understand the neuroscience you can use it to your advantage and like this is something that I put through and through in like my coaching ethos because if you think something you're going to believe it and whether that's good or whether that's bad it will happen I mean do you have anything to add on to that because I would love to like hear your therapist perspective girl that's like the bread and butter
1: (laughs) you've hit the nail on the head it's that's a cognitive cycle so you know everything that your brain thinks is going to believe that it's 100% true unless you tell it otherwise because your brain just thinks in that kind of way it's just wired that way you know and it it's very hard for your brain to to separate things like sarcasm or to separate maybe a little bit of untruth no nope. whatever you're telling yourself in your brain your brain's going to believe 100 percent this is true and then it's going to act accordingly so your behaves align with your be or your behaves <laughs> your thoughts align with your behaviors align with your emotions and align how you feel in your body so you know that's the cycle that's called the cognitive cycle so say if you're having a thought that um, you know I can't do it then your behavior might be that you shy away from doing it yeah. and then you feel defeated and then in your body you probably shrink a little bit and you're kind of pulling yourself back from opportunity all that kind of stuff and you're feeding into your own cycle by doing what you said you would do and then you use it as proof the next time yeah sure, I didn't do it the last time either and you're like okay so now we're just in harnessing this in our belief system this is fantastic you know so what A 100% what you think is how you will be so you know you, like as and now, you know, I, I can see why people might think the visualizations and all that kind of stuff is is woo woo, because sometimes when people do them, um, and we see it on social media, they can be a little bit of a, you know, people are like, I'm not doing that. It doesn't have to be that radical, like you yeah. can just kind of even write down who do I want to be you know in a year's time would I be happy with the life that I'm living now you know what elements would I be happy with what elements would I not be happy with and if it was my life in a year's time what would I need to change for it to be the person that I want to be and it's as simple as that if you don't know who you want to be which is a big part of knowing yourself then you're never going to be that person because you can never actually visualize and act like that person you know it's I I sometimes explain this as um <laughs> you know when you're going to sleep and you have to act like you're asleep before you sleep
0: <laughs> oh my god I've never thought of that so, like, that is so funny even even pretend now. now ick like pretending <laughs> to be asleep
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'm martyping myself it's so embarrassing <laughs> but that's exactly what it is you have to pretend to do it before it happens <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh so, yeah it's it's very like that that's what your your future behaviors are is you pretending to be asleep you know you have to do the action a couple of times before it comes to fruition and before you become that person yeah and you have to know what that action is i.e you have to know you have to lie down in the bed to close your eyes and you have to know what the behaviors are that you have to engage in to be the person you want to be as well um so yeah that's that's sometimes the way that i
0: explain it to people is well. i'm like well
1: we all do the nighttime guys <laughs>
0: I love I love that analogy that's really going to stick with me and I'm going to use that with my clients now so if any of my clients are watching this like, you know this is going to be an overused saying of mine now but on, on on that like for me I do a future gratitude list every day so like I'm into all of this like I've done all the healing I'm not completely healed none of us ever will be I don't think there's an end point but you know I've done the hard bit of the healing and now I'm really in the um enjoying life and being fully present and making the most of it so there's not anything that's painful coming up for me anymore so my routine is like so i'm crystal clear first of all on who i am next year what i'm going to achieve what i'm going to achieve in five years like what my legacy is going to be that is written in my journal every day but then i also do like a future gratitude list as if these things have already happened and like I say this all the time, these things are coming to fruition, and that's not because I'm magic mm. pen to paper, but again, it's the neural circuit. When you're thinking about those things, you're then going to look for opportunities that align with what you've been focusing all of your energy and, and your attention onto. So when you yep. then start to like open up opportunities, it's not by magic that these things arrive to you. It's that you've opened yourself up. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, there's all sorts of different terminology and language that we can use for for this. You know, becoming like an energetic match, or you just become <laughs> open, whatever it is. It, you know, there's all sorts of different languages that we can use, but I think it essentially all describes like that neuroscience and, and the cognitive yeah. behavior behind it. And that's why I really love all of this stuff. And yeah. You know when it when it comes to that, it's funny. Um,
1: I have another like story here. Now you're gonna be like, your one is often on tangent with her her random stories. But when it comes to that kind of element of things, it's like the the blue Audi theory. You know where you're like you're looking for a car and you're like, oh, I yeah. think I want an Audi. And then you go and you look at the car and you're like, oh, I really like blue Audis. And then you go out and you see blue Audis everywhere, and you don't see any other car. And you're like, oh my god, I've never seen so many blue Audis in my life. And you're like, yeah, you haven't because you've never had a focus on them before. Yeah. So it just nails in your focus. You. You know so like if you go and you're like oh i actually want a blue audi car you're going to see them everywhere yeah and it's the same with if you're visualizing that's going to be your blue audi it's going to be your focus so you're going to see the opportunities where you wouldn't see them mm. if you weren't focused on the blue audi you know what i mean so like it's the same if you know i'm sure some of the high performers in in your program you know, probably come from big corporations or that kind of setting where there's a big business background or in a big business. And that that kind of, if you think about the way that a business is set up, you know, they have their values, they have their mission, they have their philosophy. And that's so that everyone knows what they're supposed to do. <laughs> they, and they do it in line with the business. It's the same with ourselves. You know, we should have our own values and our mission and our philosophy. And if we yeah. don't have them, we can't know intentionally what our focus is or what our blue audience are going to be you know so it's a bit erratic then.
0: so where would someone start with trying to get clarity on all of that then yeah see
1: i i really think we all have to heal ourselves first yeah and you know like i i do think that if you know all of us can sit down obviously and be like what do I want to be like in a year and write down all these things but if you're not operating from your authentic self already mm. oh. then you'll put down a lot of problematic things on that page you know um so it's it's going to be difficult for you then so if we haven't healed yeah you know, know you might actually end up being really problematic in a year's time um because you don't know what you need you Mm-mm. don't know yourself you don't know actually is this the value that i want to have in my life or is it a value mm-hmm. that i think i should have in my life and that i'm just mirroring off someone else you know yeah. um so it's if you by all means go in and do the visualization by all means sit down and do it but i i don't think unless you know yourself to the extent that you need to know yourself that you'll know what that needs to be um so heal man.
0: that rings heal. <laughs> yeah that rings so true because if i think back to six years ago when i was working in recruitment and sales in the corporate world I'm my god my drivers were different I wanted to you know earn loads of money I wanted to be like the the female in the office that done all of the traveling like traveling like I I was you know there wasn't many women necessarily like in the environments that I always were and I used to love being like thinking I was breaking the glass ceilings and you know all of that And I would be like, oh, on my um, list of things that I wanted was like, I want a new Louis Vuitton handbag or like I want all of these things. And like I look back now and I'm like, the authentic Laura doesn't care about those things anymore. (laughs) So, yeah, that rings so much truth with me, because although I would have had goals and things that I was working towards, you know, the unhealed version of me six years ago, It wouldn't actually align with my most authentic self because now I actually have a little bit of a complex of wearing any of my designer handbags. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to wear them anymore. I don't think they align with who I am. So they just sit in the cupboard unused. But Yeah. yeah, something I've not thought about before. Yeah, it's it's a it's a big one, really,
1: because like you know, it's it's one of the things you do when uh, someone comes into therapy first is you set goals with them. Um, and sometimes, if I if I find that someone really needs a lot of healing, I won't even bother setting the goals at the start because yeah. there's no point. They're just going to be like, "I want to do this," and you're like, "Okay." And then it's kind of a case of we're doing what you want to do as opposed to what you need to do. So you know, we need to kind of have a look inwards first. And like I know with my own kind of healing at the beginning. Like if I was to make goals from when I kind of, even just before I injured my shoulder when I was working in nursing, it would have been just to continue climbing the ladder. I'd become a manager and I was a manager. I actually didn't like it at all. And, you know, I was trying to get another form of a a job inside there to help people. And I could have kept going down that route, Mm. but I was burned out. I was not happy. You know, it was affecting my personal life. It was affecting everything in my life, but I'd never stopped to think about that. I was just like, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what I should be doing. And this is what everyone says I should be doing. So I, I will do that. So my goals were aligned to just what was next, you know, in a very logical sense as opposed to in a in a deep meaningful sense so unless you know like in a deep way Mm. what your own values are what your own mission is and what your own philosophy is then you're never going to know how to make a proper goal because you're just going to continue to make kind of goals that you think you should have not the ones that you need to have and Mm. you know you'll know I think as well when you're taking off these goals that they're not the ones you need to have because you will feel anticlimactic when you get them.
0: Yeah Yeah. I do you know what um, a philosophy that I follow now is something from Esther Hicks I don't know if you're familiar with with her at all Mm. she always talks about following that feel-good feeling she calls it like your your guidance system and I say this all the time on my podcast I'm sorry to all my listeners for repeating myself but I really hope I'm hammering (laughs) home the message um (laughs) she talks about following that feel-good feeling and that's something that I've embodied and I start to do without mm. judging and question it because questioning and um, but I think that's only easy to do actually to put a caveat to that once you are clear on your values because mm. I know exactly what my business values are what my personal values are so now whenever I make a choice it's easy to go is that in alignment with this yes or no if it's no yeah. it's an easy not doing that if it's a yes it's like all right this might be a little bit scary but my mm. internal guidance system is going go for it it's an alignment with your values yes so yeah go for it and I don't know where I was going with that I feel like I went off on a little bit of a, <laughs> of a tangent there but still help. no not at all not at all but it actually reminded me of something as well when you know when you're talking about that
1: because I know that you're saying like a lot of people listen to your podcast are kind of business owners or business leaders you know mm. you know PSA you are not your business <laughs> so you know like there has to be a circle for you and there has to be a circle for the business. So your values are not what you want to see your business do. You know, like you and finding out your values, your mission and your philosophy is not, I want to have like a six figure business. I want to have a business that impacts 200 million people in a year's time. Nope, that is not you as a person. That is not your values because that's your business, which is a completely different entity to you. So, you know, obviously there's going to be some overlap and, you know, you could have your little Venn diagram of the two circles, your business here, you here. But you have to be clear on the part that's not the business. And you have to be clear on the part that you can tend to overlap. I know myself sometimes I can overlap as well. We have to be clear on what those are because you have to be clear on who this person is without this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, you know, the, the business, if you, and this is a big self-worth piece, but if you, you know, put all your eggs in your, your self-worth basket that your business needs to be successful and then you get bad feedback mm. or you lose a customer or something happens what happens you, you know, you fall apart because all your self-worth is tied around your business. So your self-worth needs to be a lot more than just you and your business. It's, it's you figure out you. Yeah. Leave the business aside. Cause we don't know yet if that's exactly in the mission. We don't know. We just need to figure it out. But if you keep putting mission goals and mission, you know, things that are really, oh, this business needs to be this, and this fantastic that's the, the business mission. And that's why the businesses have missions and philosophies, but you need to have your own ones as a mm-hmm. person. And it's like, that's definitely something I need to drive home a lot to, to people who are high performers being yeah. like, cause you know, you're setting goals and they're like, yeah, I'm going to get, you know, 20 customers now this month. I'm like, sorry?
0: Yeah, yeah. Why gonna it for you? <laughs> you no, know I'm not like, this is exactly why when I plan my schedule I put all of the personal things mm. in my life in there first um, and with this, I'm conscious of time so mm. I'm going to summarize this really quickly but I think maybe oh my god we need to do like a whole other episode as well but i um, I put so I put all of the things that's on my personal life in there as a non-negotiable so like when I want to go to my yoga classes when I go to the gym what certain things that I do on weekends that is in there first. So that happens because I need to be a person. I need to have enjoyment. I need to do things for me in order for me to show up in my business as me. So it's important to have that identity and that joy that's unrelated to success, whatever that looks like. But then also, there's a part of me, and we were talking about this earlier, that's a little bit conflicted at times because I am at that stage in business where I have to be unbalanced. So, yep. yeah, it's. It's a tricky, a tricky scale, I think. And I don't think there's ever a right or wrong answer. I think you're only going to be the one that will know that for you. But i and the reason I know that it's okay for me to be unbalanced right now is because I think I've done all of that work. And I've got all of the coping mechanisms to go. This is too much. What I actually need to do is take myself out and put these boundaries Mm. in place so I can Mm. catch myself really quickly before I spiral into something yeah what do you think yeah it's the healing it's the bloody healing man (laughs) because if you you know you obviously know
1: yourself very well and I know that's the same for me because obviously sometimes my business and myself overlap as well but I'm always very aware of when I'm giving 200% to my business Mm -hmm. and 0% to myself and it's that awareness is the key because obviously you know if your mood is really dipping and if you're kind of going into a negative thought spiral or negative behaviors I have that awareness because I know my patterns at this stage so when I start to do that I'm like oh, what's happening here? And then it's kind of a case of, oh, you need to step back a bit from the business now and give more to you. And it's kind of, you know, like it's never going to be a 50-50 relationship. Sometimes it's going to be 60, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's going to be 80, depending on where you're at at the business and where you're at in your own personal life, whether you're, you know, going away and buying a house, whether, you know, you're doing something in a relationship or something like that. That's, if you need to put more time into your personal life, that's what you're doing. But if you, if you are in a growth stage of your business, you're probably 80% in your business and 20% in your life. But then at the same time, that 20% needs to be meaningful. It needs to be yes. impactful because, you know, as, as therapists, when it comes to depression, um, one of the first things that we do, if someone's on the floor with depression is behavioral activation, which is just reintroducing activities that the person mm. enjoys because someone hasn't done something that they enjoy for so long so you are literally going down the route of depression if all you're doing is living to work even yeah. if it's meaningful work because it's not you yeah it's uh, so like you know it is the 80 20 and whatever but then it's noticing when that that 20 is having an impact on you mm. and the, i don't think you know that until you're kind of fully in a case where you know your physical sensations you know your thoughts yeah you know your problematic behaviors you know
0: yeah because it's noticing like where in my body am i feeling this why all mm. oh, that thought is often the first thought of this whole spiral or this pattern of behavior so it's being able to like check in quickly catch it and then change the trajectory of where that's, of where that's going to go. Yeah. So oh, Emily, I have loved today. I think we should do another episode if you'd be willing to come back on because there is so Absolutely. much more for us to talk about. Like we have only touched the surface and I just love how many like synergies and alignments there are in both of us sort of like um, ethoses and the way we sort of, so thank you so much yeah. for taking time out of your day today to join us um before you leave where can anyone find you have you got any resources or bits mm-hmm. and pieces that they might find helpful um yeah so uh, to be honest all of my
1: free resources are on instagram um so it's emily underscore the mind mechanic on instagram um and to be honest there's a lot of stuff in there that if you scroll through you'd probably find something that you could like i am a big stan of putting out free information um where i can so like a lot of it is on that if you ever wanted like if you are someone who's listened to this podcast and you're like oh she touched on something there just send me a message you know like i don't bite. i promise and i will like you know direct you in a way that i think that might help or whatever you know um and other than that like i have a website and stuff but to be honest, the most active I am is on Instagram. So, and that's where you're going to get a lot of my first stuff. So
0: <laughs> you may as well go there. love that. And I'll make sure that everything's linked in, in the show notes so people can find you. And like Emily said, like, please send us both a message. We want to hear your thoughts. We make sure we read all of our messages. We'll always get back to you. It means so much. And if you're listening mm-hmm. and you haven't yet subscribed, rated, followed, shared the podcast episode, please do because... The more you do, the more we can spread the word um, of the amazing work that we're doing. Our incredible guests keep providing you with, you know, really helpful, informative information that's going to make an impact to your personal life, your business, your mind, your body and all aspects of your being. So thank you so much for listening. And also, if you haven't gone to sign up to my emails, make sure you go and do that right now. Okay, I will be checking. But thank you so much. (laughs) And thank you, Emily. Thanks.
1: Oh, thank-